the show this podcast. This is episode 137, 137, uh, at gmail.com, Instagram, check us out. We're coming at you, Patreon, um, coming at you digitally, online, through the internet, baby. Yeah, there's tubes running under the entire Atlantic Ocean, baby. If you're listening in Europe, which we do, we do have <laughs> European listeners, we're coming at you through a tube that literally runs the extent of the ocean. Do you know about that? Um, you know, I, I hear about that every now and then, and I'm like, man, I need to look into this because this is completely wild. Like, is that real? But I know it's real, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, um, it's real. Uh, there's apparently been these tubes, uh, well, not these n- current internet tubes. Uh, those are relatively new, but going back to like the um, like early 1900s, they would there were tubes, I guess, for maybe telegrams and stuff. Okay, yeah, um, like long distance phone calls and stuff. Like so, they they've had the some kind of tubes for a long time. Are they just on the ocean floor? They f- they floating like. Uh, I don't, I would sort of doubt that they go all the way down there, but, um, yeah, maybe, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it seems so, like it's uh, be a basis of a, some sci-fi I story, wonder where huh? they are, that you could just, yeah, that you could just go grab them. Maybe <laughs> if you could find out where they start. Yeah, you know, that's the type of stuff um, I'm interested in, like, where does it go into the water? Yeah, well, I mean, now that Succession's over, maybe we could do a uh, a conspiracy segment about about it because yeah, it seems like that would be a good movie premise about someone tapping into the to the tubes, some shit. Mm-hmm. Do a lot. I don't know. Um, they like protected, but by, like, speaking of tapping, dolphins with lasers on their heads. Yeah, dolphins, orcas, maybe. Um, uh-huh. I think yeah. the orcas are a little bit more aggressive. But true. Um, speaking of tapping, <laughs> let's tap right into our go-to segment we start every show with. It's called Trifling in NYC. Uh, I understand that you have a story involving Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. So there is a story that I have. It, it's not me. It happened to, you know, someone that I was celebrating Thanksgiving with in Florida. Um, cool. And, and, you know, they were out. And they stopped at a coffee shop. Yeah, you know, to do what you do at coffee shops. Get a little refresh, some caffeination, some whatever else, maybe a pastry. Use the bathroom. Use the bathroom. The different things people do, right? So they went in, they're standing in line, um, and it's, it's two people, um, a woman and her boyfriend, and then the, the woman, like, notices something, and, and looks down, and sees, um, that she's, you know, they're in line, but she realizes that she's stepped in a pile of dog dew, um, inside the coffee shop, right? So. (laughs) Oh, God, no. Yeah, so she's... Oh, no. There... Oh. Like, there's so many questions immediately. So, and this they're is, looking around. And this, is, and this is in the U.S.? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So they're looking around, and they see this woman (laughs) with this, like, little white dog, and she's just, like, standing over to the side, I guess, either, like, looking at stuff or waiting for her coffee. And it's like, you know, there's no other dogs around, so you go, you know, follow the clues. It's like, oh, this little dog probably just took a dump, (laughs) and this lady was, like, kind of out of it anyway. She was kind of spaced out, didn't notice, um, and just let her dog doo-doo. And so, you know, she tried to clean it off, off of her shoe, briefly, but was just really more, like, disgusted than anything. It's like, well, then her and her boyfriend, they had, like, a brief conversation. This is all reported to me, like, should we talk to this woman? Because there's only one dog in here. Should we tell the staff? Like, (laughs) what are we going to do here? Mm. Um... (laughs) So they ended up, like, I think they were tired already. And, you know, getting into something like that is going to take a certain amount of energy, right? Whether you're either, whether you're just telling staff <laughs> or talking to the woman. So they they were just like, forget it. And they just got out of line and went back outside to the car. And so <laughs> while they're out out by the car, now they're trying to to clean the poo off the, the you know, off of the shoe before they get in the car. You don't want bring dog poo into the car now, right? So they're trying to get as much off before they get in. And they're, like, standing by the trunk, cleaning it off, trunk open. And the woman comes out and approaches them, right? <laughs> the woman with the dog. Oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> and she said, Hold on, hey, um, do, you, do you need a jump? They're like, what? Do, do you need a jump start for your car? <laughs> and they're like, no, like we're at the trunk. What? What? Are you, what? They just no. But thanks for asking. And then she, just, she just walks away. Oh my god! So she had to be fucking with them. That's what I think too. That they think that she was like a little loopy, a little, little old, and like didn't quite know what was going on. I was like, nah, she had to know you stepped in her dog's do. <laughs> yeah, she sees the the dog do stepping in her mind. She's like, you know, yes, yes, like that Jack Nicholson meme of him just grinning and evilly, um, or, or or the the sicko the sicko cartoon <laughs> the sicko cartoon ones. thing that's going around. Sicko going around and saying yes yes this is what i like um but i mean yeah people do usually keep jumper cables in the trunk but it is yeah it's a pretty it's pretty coincidental that this is the culprit people also usually don't just offer to help with jumps like usually that's something you have to go ask someone for yeah, generally, you, know. you do have to ask. And, like, you know, yes, the jumper cables traditionally are in the trunk. Um, at the same time, like, you probably have the hood open if you actually needed to jump, too, to connect them at some point. But yeah, right. it, was, it was all weird. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I would have done in that situation either. Um, I, again, it probably depends on my energy level. But I, I probably would have said something to the staff. I don't know if I would I don't think I would have gone to the woman directly and like, hey, hmm. look. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I would maybe consider it for a little while. I don't think I would do anything though because you know the cat's kind of out of out of the bag at that point. 
Um, you need to prioritize cleaning your shoes. Um, I mean, I well, actually, yeah. I guess you could you could alert the staff because they're you know presumably they'll be the ones to clean it up, which probably should. Yeah, happen. I mean, uh, they don't want just dog do lo- in the store. Yeah, um, yeah, that's rough. The uh, you know, it seems like. I, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if I would even notice, like, you, you assume you're in a coffee shop, you assume you don't have to worry about that sort of thing. You know, you and I live in New York, so, you know, walking around, we're, you learn to be on high alert for stepping in dog shit. Um, so, yeah, well, it sucks for them to do that, to throw out the shoes. No, the shoes, shoes got power cleaned, you got pressure washed at home. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, wow, okay. That is Trife. Um, mine isn't quite as, as interesting as that, but, uh, just really quick, I, uh, would see a new Spider-Man movie, um, and I knew I was going to be in Brooklyn, so we're looking at theaters in, like, the, the, uh, Williamsburg, Greenpoint area. And we actually f- were able to find a pretty, a pretty cool one, uh, just new one called, or no, I don't know how new it is. Probably not that new, but it's called Stewart Cinema and Cafe and small indie theater, single screen. I was actually a little surprised that they're showing Spider-Man because usually it's these small indie theaters only show like, you know, indie films that are sort of life lessons about, uh, dealing with, you know depression and um you know if getting amputated getting a limb amputated and learning about how to cope with that uh that sort of thing usually subtitled uh but yeah this this is good it's all good props to Stuart. but we actually initially had gotten tickets at williamsburg cinemas um and have you been to that one um yes i have been to that one i I like that i forgot about that movie theater but yeah i like that one so i remember liking it but i'm real i realized um going in that i hadn't been i think the last movie i saw there was uh this movie called top five which is with uh chris chris rock wrote wrote and directed so that would have been like back in 2014 i think Oh but, man, I just watched a preview for that movie recently. Strangely enough, you you watched a preview recently? Where, how yeah, did that I come added up? it. Uh, you know, I just go through the streaming services every now and then and like see what I want to add to my list. And I forgot about what it was, so I watched the preview and then uh, I added it to like my watch list or whatever. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So that and that was shortly after it opened, so it was still relatively new. And I think for for whatever reason, we were initially going to see it on like fr- opening Friday night. And for whatever reason, I checked in. I just I just was kind of tired. I wasn't really in the mood. I was thinking like, eh, should we maybe hold off and maybe see it Saturday while we have more energy? And mm-hmm. I then started looking at like Yelp reviews of it. I, or I was just kind of Googling around like what are the other theater options in the Williamsburg area that are playing Spider-Man? And uh, came across the Yelp reviews of Williamsburg Cinema, and I was I was aghast because 
you know, uh-huh. game done changed over there, apparently. Um, like one of the, th- first of all, their overall re- review is three stars on Yelp. And <laughs> there are a number, I read through most of the reviews, but there, um, the main one thing that comes up pretty often is that there's a bag check. And I, I wasn't entirely clear to me if that meant someone literally looks through your bag or you, there's a mandatory, it's mandatory that you check a bag at like, like a similar to a coat check. Um, and oh, that, that I think it might've been awful. like the actually checking your bag at, a, at like for the duration of the film and then getting it at the end of the film because they're that serious about people not sneaking stuff in, you know? Um, that seems a little extreme to me. I wonder if something happened to that theater, but uh, I've never even heard of that kind of policy, like bag check room for any any size bag. I mean, it's wintertime now. It's going to be even harder. People got those big coats to put anything in there. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know what that is. And maybe it was just looking through your people's bags, which seems excessive and, and but you know it's been a while obviously since i've been to a movie theater but anyway so there's that there is the fact that they don't i don't think they have beverages for some reason i was i mean i'm used to like i mean thinking back on going to theaters pre-pandemic um you know i got used to like nice reclining seats trays food and drink in the actual theater so i wanted that kind of experience they apparently don't have that at Williamsburg Studios, but the worst part was there was one review where someone was like, um, they commented on the urinals in the bathroom being full of gum and pubes. So that <laughs> seemed, you know, gum and pubes, full, full of it apparently. So Ugh. that was, and then the but the worst part was like, and that and the deal breaker for me was that. Um, they were talking about, I believe they're talking about stains on the seat and oh. like possibly some of them being like jizz stains. Oh, uh, and they talked about people. So yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was a deal breaker. And I was like, okay, we got to find somewhere else. I'm not going, I'm not going there. Look, and look, I just, I'm just reporting what's on Yelp. I haven't been there in quite a while, but you know, look, you know, I believe that Yelp offers business owners the opportunity to respond to each, you know, reviews that are potentially, uh, yeah. you know, not not complimentary. Uh, it doesn't seem like they had responded to any of them. So, you know, look, mm. you know, maybe they felt, I don't know, but that's, that's, mm, no, now I don't want to go. Like I didn't, I'd forgotten about that theater, but now like I want to really forget about it. Dang. (laughs) That's like, reviews are awful. Like customer service stuff is irritating, but you can get past that. But like that kind of sanitary concern. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to work. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if we were to think of, you know, dirtiness, we could, uh, we could also to counteract that, think about nice, pleasant, uh, clean, well-manicured locations like, I don't know, an Italian villa where someone get, gets married. Yes, that's right. 
that is a segue to our review of the season finale of Succession. This is episode nine, titled "All the Bells Say." Uh, surprising, uh, surprising decision by HBO to have uh, not have the traditional ten episodes. This led to a little confusion that this was actually the finale. It can, it can. But let's dive me. right in. Confused the both yeah. of us. You know what? Yeah, I thought you here. were going to use as the segue the the chism and somehow mm. connected to Roman masturbating everywhere and then and then Bridget like that. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, not, the succession does not shy away from that uh, that particular body bodily fluid. Uh, there, of course, was the incident where Tom was uh, coerced into. Like eating his own. Let's move on from that talk. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. All right. All right. We, we can move on. But yeah, both die. of us, both of us got confused by this nine <laughs> episode nine finale. Like I was seriously, we we were texting about. It. I was watching the whole episode. Like, ooh, this is gonna be good next week. And then, then it's like, oh, it's done. That's it. It's like, what? yeah. It's like, it's like, damn. How are they gonna up the ante on this? This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. But it was still, it was still great. Um, it's great TV watching. Yeah, this is another, you know, typically excellent episode of the show, and and they definitely step up their game for finales. Uh, no doubt about that. This this one didn't disappoint. Um, before we get we go through like you know specific scenes, uh, I I did take good notes on this, so should be able to um, to go through. And I don't even have that many notes, which is also one of my goals. Uh, just key okay. points uh, and thoughts. But uh, we'll start with you. What's your overall uh, impression of it? Initial thoughts. Overall impression is you know I'm still. Still very pleased and impressed every season. I mean, the writing is great. Acting is, like, really great. I don't think there's anybody in this season or really in the whole show where I was like, man, like, they were, well, I guess a little bit with Skarsgård. Like, the not this episode, the, the episode before he was, and even maybe, like, his first two appearances, I like, wasn't that into him. Um I think this episode, like hmm. him and Logan going back and forth, I was like, oh, okay. Now I see like why he's a part of the cast and how he's actually like doing something. And he, he made it worth it. He was much better in this episode than he was in any of the other episodes. But maybe that's just kind of a dislike yeah. of his character overall, too. Um, but yeah, just continually impressed and always impressed with the uh, location work and and... and and the cinematography, I mean, it's just, man, it like really made me want to be there. Like, it was, it's a great, it's a great show. Like overall, just like everything mm. is so well done in this show. Like, yeah, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Uh, I I've been good with Skarsgård since the beginning, uh, but yeah, he definitely s- stepped it up uh, this episode. Like going, yeah, that was that was now that was some acting and, um. You know, I'm reminded of a, a comment that actually referring back to Chris Rock uh, about like good acting. I think he was doing a radio interview uh, where he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm technically an actor, but shit, 
you know, I'll get you from point A from point B. But if you're talking about someone like Leonardo DiCaprio, he's like, you know, he's the type of dude who'll come up and say, yo, so we about to do some acting? Because he's going to act his ass off. Uh, and that, you know, that uh, scene where, yeah, Skarsgård and Brian Cox were, were going back and forth was really excellent. And yeah, I'll, I'll echo your statement about the overall episode. Um, so yeah, and, and I will also echo they make these locations look, I mean, look, this is a bunch of rich people oh, man. Yeah. going and doing like fancy shit in the most beautiful parts of the world. So, uh, yeah, that, that checks out, but it, it, it was when, as, as they're going across the, the, whatever lake it was to get, I mean, it also, I was like, damn, it's pretty convenient that this dude, Matson is actually pretty close to where they happen to be having this wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, what are the odds? You know. Yeah. So sometimes uh, I do. Like, but if, okay. If I think too hard. Oh, sorry, I was talking too much. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I, I think if I like what? really no, think ahead. about it, I don't know how the how the timing works out for all of this. But then I just like ah, forget it. Like I don't need mm. timing. Doesn't need to work out. Like <laughs> I just I just let it be. But um. But but yeah yeah, yeah this is See, I mean they intentionally keep it uh, pretty vague uh, and uh, you know that's a that's a trope that happens in in TV a lot where they want because they want usually the episodes to feel timeless and not too rooted in specific year so you you'll rarely find a TV show that mentions what year they're in um, as a way to sort of keep it more timely or more evergreen, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's get right into it. You know, the, the episode starts with, um, a resolution to, uh, cliffhanger about Kendall. And I gotta say, like the first note I took down is, um, I was feeling stressed out and nauseous at the start because like, because of the way they were talking about Ken, the way that he came back in and like, I think, yeah, it was interesting the angle they took because he was okay, but he, you know, he had to go to the hospital. You know, the show loves to leave things a little bit ambiguous and not give exactly straight angle answers. So, you know, his siblings think that he may have tried to make a suicide attempt by drowning himself. He's just like, look, I was drunk. I fell off. If I had to pick which is more likely, I would say he was just kind of drunk and out of it and fell off the floaty into the pool. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, go, having to go to the hospital, like, I'm thinking, damn, if it seems like if you fall into the water off a floaty that he was on, you would wake up immediately and start scrambling. Like, for it to get to the point where he would have to go to the hospital, I mean, that implies that he was, like, floating with his head down. And you, at that point, you worry about potential brain damage, you know? But he seemed fine. I don't know. What, what did you think about that? Yeah, I I would agree. Like, I don't think, I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he sort of, uh, like, he may have initially just like put his face in to sort of feel what it felt like um, after that conversation with Logan about like, oh, what's the kid breathing? All this, all that. But um, yeah, like if you if you, it's hard to drown if if you just pass out and fall into the water, like your body will wake up. You'll be like shocked awake and you'll come out. So yeah, I don't know. I don't think he was trying to do anything on purpose. 
Um, but yeah, it did seem pretty serious because like you said, he ended up being taken to the hospital. So, so, you know, they had to <clears throat> run some tests and they were just checking up on him, but I don't think he, he really meant to do anything, but that isn't to say like, I think even on the day of his birthday party, like there's been a couple of times where I'm like, ah, oh, is Ken going to do something to himself? Like I thought he might jump over the edge at one point. I think it was during the birthday party episode. Um, right. He was too close to that edge. I think it's actually happened a couple of times. If I remember right, where I felt that way about Ken, where he's gone like to the very edge of some high roof. And I'm like, oh, but, um, but he never did. So I, yeah, I don't know. I think right. that's just something that's sort of in the back of his mind kind yeah. of always with him but yeah that that could be um but yeah i think going back to like the reason i just felt really uneasy at the beginning is because and i i definitely don't want to dwell on this but like i because i did mention it in the last re- review we did but like it's really it's really frustrating to me that these people are cracking jokes like all the time they don't take anything like even if there's serious life stuff that comes on and yeah, Roman's the main culprit, but like the constant stream of jokes and where you're saying some of the most hurtful things to a family member is like, I, it just really winds me up and yeah, it happens pretty consistently through the episode. So I, you know, I don't need to dwell on that, but they started off with that. And so I like, I was like, Oh man, is this going to like, I was worried that, this episode was going to maintain that energy throughout the whole one. And it was going to be really hard to watch, but, uh, they did lighten up. Um, you know, they got to the, to the wedding and what I didn't realize until I, I read a recap of this episode is that, so this Contessa woman that, uh, Greg has an interest in, was apparently uh, Roman's date that he brought. Mm-hmm. Did you pick up on that? I did. I think um, it was either this was it was three episodes for the wedding, right? Or was it two? Whatever it was. I think um, it was the f- sometime during the first one. I think that I sort of picked up on like, oh, she came with Roman. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, of course they were. It came out and like Shiv and um, who was it? Was it someone else making fun? But you know, they were teasing him about it. And I was like, oh, then I sort of put yeah, it together. Yeah, Shiv and Tom. But, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't uh, realize that he was, I mean, I guess he feels like he needs to bring, bring someone, but yeah, it's like, um, they didn't, they don't seem like it, that they're there together, you know, like, it's not like they're chatting and hanging out all the time, but yeah, Roman's, you know, he's a, he's hard to pin down. Yeah, she's, uh, and also she was... You know, towards the end of this episode, she was surprisingly, I guess, surprisingly receptive to Greg's uh, charms, we'll say, I guess, if we can call him that, uh, <laughs> especially if she's there as Roman's date. But yeah, I don't know. Why don't we why don't we get right into what like what are your thoughts on, on Greg trying to like, I think the term is lay his Mac down uh, on <laughs> this young lady when he's he's a. Uh, He's already come with a date, uh, Comfrey. Uh, wait, wait, no, Greg didn't come with Comfrey. Comfrey was there on working, right? Wasn't she working? Oh, well, tr- yes, you're right about that, but they are dating, uh, right. apparently. Oh, yeah, sleeping in separate beds, though. 
separate bedding, right. whatever yeah. he was saying. Greg was <laughs> Greg was doing still all early. types of Gregisms. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Greg, I would say he got off to a rough start doing typical Greg stuff, maybe a little even over the top for Greg, but um, he got smoother as it went on. And, you know, it, he can be endearing if he doesn't come off as like too annoying. Um, he can he can be sort of fun, you know? It's like, oh, Greg. Man, I just always forget how giant he is until he stands next to Roman, though. I'm always like, whoa, Greg is yeah. Greg's huge. Um, but yeah, I liked his little watch move. Oh, what, what time is it? <laughs> Greg. Yeah. He's got he's to gotta get some use out of that watch because he – was that the – that's like 40000 that he paid for it? Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, what time is it? That's hilarious. Um, but you know, I was. It's funny. I was reading. Um, I was reading some Yelp or, or no Yelp reviews. <laughs> I was reading some uh, Reddit uh, commentary on this episode, and like, some people were like, "Yeah, no, it seems a little weird that you know this." This woman who's like royal royalty, Luxembourg royalty, presumably very rich and beautiful, would be interested in Greg. But a lot of a lot of people were saying, like, look, no, like he's tall, he's clean, and he has a job, and that'll get you like ninety percent of the way with like ninety percent of the women out there. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting. I mean, you know. In my own dating life, um, um, I don't think I'm dirty. I don't know if anyone would really describe me as clean, <laughs> which, which is fine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I, you know, I've done okay in that space. But I, yeah, I don't know that. Like that is a stereotype about women, and I just found it funny it was deployed about Greg because, yeah, I mean, look, he. He do, he thinks he smiles a lot, and I think he is a genuinely nice guy. You know, aside from this turn that it, that happened in the last ten minutes of this episode, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Um, but I I think there is but, something something to that. Like he's clean, he's tall, generally nice, and like to his credit, like I don't know, maybe she doesn't know who he is, but she knows he's a guest at the wedding. So at some you know, on some level, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, he's here as a guest too. So it's in like, so same, like social sphere and social standings. Like, okay, so he's acceptable, uh, yep. mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. If, if he's, if he's even at the wedding, he's already sort of been vetted by someone. Yeah. You know, you know, unless, yeah, unless he's like, you know, he's just there as like the, I, I now I'm going to be stereotyping here. Like I feel like at these types of events with super rich people, like they always have someone there who's like a drug dealer. And actually, I mean, Ken mm. did have someone like that as as at his birthday party. So as long as you're not that guy, which I, you know he doesn't seem like he would be. But <laughs> uh, anyway, um, you know, let's let's move on to. Um, I have. I guess we can go into the a meeting between Logan and Matson uh sorry Logan Roman and Matson Logan also for some reason bought is it Carrie this assistant of his um wait she came on that visit 
Oh yeah, yeah she, she did because she too. was in the boat, and they had that awkward conversation. Like she's attractive, huh? 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 Son, that's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah, she was there, but she yeah. didn't sit in in the so, meeting. But she came on the trip. Right. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Oh, talk amongst yourself. <laughs> yeah. So. Carrie did enjoy, um, <clears throat> she's enjoying like a certain level of, of privilege now that I don't think we've seen from any of his other assistants. I don't really remember Logan's other assistants. Yeah, it is. Um, did, right? Like He didn't, he still didn't come right out and say that he's sleeping with her, right? No, he he has not. It's been alluded to. Everybody like knows now that it's just sort of man. Yeah, like um, man, I'm. What is what is a sex act there going to look like? Um, Gosh, but probably best to not think about it. But uh, yeah, he so he has he has this thing. The big turn in this scene is that you know Matson's like you know, how about I actually take over you, which has got to be, or why does it, yeah, why doesn't Gojo take over Waystar Royco? And that's got to be a huge ego hit for Logan that he would even, that anyone would legitimately suggest that, but he played it off pretty well. You know, he didn't fly into one of his immediate rages and, <laughs> you know, that was played off as like, damn team either, Either Waystar's position is pr- like pretty dubious, um, or he's just like, you know, it's it's just weird that like essentially if he if Gojo takes over and there's a buyout in a way that is like giving up, and you know it's it seems odd for him because he is so relentlessly like a fighter. But maybe he's he's either got dollar signs in his eyes, or he's just like, you do. I really want to go through this again, where I have to fight and fight and fight and fight. And maybe he just finally reached his like, because he knows he's going to come out. You know, I think it, they said like five, roughly five billion, just straight up cash. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm still a little like I don't. I, I, it's hard to come down on one side or the other, but I, my read on it is that he's just like, you know what, why don't I just take the money and run? Matson did say that, you know, I'll basically let you have control over some aspects of the company that you want just to keep yourself busy, which also seems a little insulting, but, you know, <laughs> he he went ahead and uh, he clearly agreed. I mean, he told Roman, no, why don't you take... Why don't you take off? Uh, I'll, I'll handle the rest of these discussions, and should have been very clear right right then that the that he was going to accept it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, what, what, I think what Roman should have. Um. Well, I. Th- you think Roman should have stayed? Th- no, 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 no. I think Roman should have been more alarmed and, and told somebody sooner. Um. <laughs> but. Oh yeah. I, th- I think for for Logan's perspective, like. He wasn't, you know, he didn't come with his immediate fuck off reaction. Um, I think, you know, he's a pretty pragmatic person, even though he does run fairly hot emotionally. But it, um, I think if when he sat down and thought about it in that moment, it really did solve like a, almost all of his problems, right? 
So like he's he's yeah. got the court case going away, so he doesn't need to worry about that. And then basically having Matson takes over takes the pressure off from having to actually choose a successor and come up with some kind of plan going forward. Um, and mm. then you know the last one is he just can take this huge pay- payout and then just go and and just like enjoy like truly enjoy everything that he's built for his entire life and just like in, in, enjoy the uh, spoils from that, you know, like, and just be not deal with all this. Like there wasn't a point where I felt like he like really wanted out. and was like, I'm tired of all this shit. Cause it's, he seems to like thrive off of this, right. Off of the drama and the yep. high stakes and the winning the battles, you know, he loves the fight, but I, th- I think at this point, um, maybe he was just like, why not just take this opportunity right now? I might not get another shot to be out as clean as this. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right that, you know, it's definitely attractive that this seems to settle everything. I hadn't considered before, but I think I think you are right. You mentioned when, yeah, he doesn't have to worry about who to pick as a successor anymore, which has been obviously an ongoing uh, concern for basically the entirety of the the series um it so it removes that you know it seems like like the thing is okay so the kids eventually find out or they they suspect that this is happening because of weird just weird stuff that they're seeing online and weird i guess yeah. weird comments and they're up they're <clears throat> upset but it was interesting like at first i was like are they so upset because they're going to get frozen out and they're going to be broke or is it really just that they're going to be pushed aside of the company? They'll still be fine monetarily. And yeah, I guess like I think I believe the read is that yeah, they'll they'll always be fine monetarily because of whatever stock options they have. They'll be able to sell or maybe be forced to sell in this deal, and they'll come out. You know, if Logan comes out with five billion, they'll come out with close to like a billion each. So. Like the for me, it's like the way they were acting and how they were freaking out was like, damn, we're going to be out on the streets broke and like, you know, not able to have a job. And Ken's going to be thinking like, shit, I have kids. I have kids. I got a very expensive lifestyle. You know, I can't, I can't not have that. I got to be able to throw myself a party. What happens when I'm turned fifty? I got to have an even bigger Ugh. party to top this one. <laughs> uh, you know, like that sort of thing. But so I don't know. Yeah, for me, I'm like. As long, as long as I'm good there, you know, monitor, like, you know, still being super, being pushed out of the company, yeah, that's disappointing, but, you know, you can start your own company with your billion dollars, mm-hmm. you know, that's plenty of money to do basically whatever you want for the rest of your life, and yeah, it's an ego hit to, you know, have your dad freeze you out, not have you involved in any of these negotiations around the company, but, damn, like this is this is one of the aspects there one of the times when I'm like, you know, fuck your feelings, you rich pricks. <laughs> Just deal. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> Which you, I don't I don't think like too you, often, but you rich motherfuckers. Like honestly, like I I I think I've brought it up before. I don't see what stops the rest of them just living like Connor does. Like Connor has his family money and he's not that involved. Like now he yeah. wants to be involved, but he's just been chilling, doing whatever he wants. <laughs> like like yeah. why can't they just do that? Yes. 
Yeah, it's like still entertaining his his political ambitions. And uh, yeah, speaking of him, I mean, we, I thought there was some great acting again from I think the actor's name is Alan Ruck, where yeah. Ken just so flippantly said in front of him, like, "Yeah, you know, I'm the oldest, so it makes sense that I be CEO." And he's like, "Uh, dude," and then Ken's like, "Yeah, well, yeah." typical ken he's like yeah well yeah of course but you know still like i yeah i am effectively the oldest <laughs> he gets yeah man they man poor poor connor he is really treated as another around them all the time like even though he was like for all intents and purposes like a surrogate father it's at least to like roman and ken like hey man he gets forgotten yep. by everybody just like yeah oh yeah connor's our older brother that's right like (laughs) including his you know proposal to willa where her response is like uh, you know initially like ooh, yeah i don't know and then eventually like her accepting it is like fuck it how bad could it be (laughs) oh yeah that's that's brutal that that was brutal i mean i thought i mean in that like eldest son scene argument um like that that was pretty good i just didn't know why ken i mean connor was so upset about the engagement part like nobody wished me congratulations like she didn't say yes so that's that's why they didn't say congratulations because they know that she didn't say yes she didn't accept it (laughs) like i don't know what he was so mad about he's not he wasn't engaged Oh yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Man. Uh, Connor, Connor, yeah, you know, I think I, you know, it's all been building up with him for for the whole season. So I, I guess his, um, you know, being sent into a tizzy uh, does make sense. But yeah, I think you're yeah. right that like, he's been the most like sort of like chill about his his position in in life and i think you know he like as far as his presidential ambitions and everything but you know he's not completely oblivious he knows he doesn't really have a ton of support i think he knows he doesn't have a chance but i think he likes having some attention and you know he thinks he can be wheeling dealing and you know shifting his support around but you know we talked about that before um yeah but yeah, I mean, I, I guess we should get into you know the the one of the key scenes um, with with Ken sort of having his like a nervous breakdown and you know sitting on the ground in the dirt and you know Shiv and Roman having to kind of help support him and I thought it was really touching. Uh, I thought it, you know Ken some of the dialogue that um, they had for for Ken in this space where he's just like you know, so out of sorts. And I wrote, I wrote one of the things down. He said, you know, he said, I can't get one thing right with another, mm-hmm. you know? And I think he, he also said like, I'm all apart. And like, it's, it's him trying, like he's usually pretty well-spoken. So it's like him trying to put together, like it's, he's having a hard time even putting together a single phrase that really is, you know, grammatically correct, but you still feel what, what he's trying to get at. And, yeah, you know, he finally unloads a little bit on, or un- I should say unburdens himself with the the story about, you know, his involvement with the kid's death, uh, you know, which I think was pretty cleverly 
hint like um or pretty subtly hinted at when he sort of looks around and there's staff members that sort of superficially look like you know the kid who died and and he's you know thinking about it i thought you know it is ironic and i think it's intentional that when he finally breaks down like this you know he's sitting in the dirt and it's all dry as opposed to you know it being a wet pool death like i, I think that might have been an, an intentional oh, okay. uh, sort of symbolic okay. symbolic thing um but yeah you know i wrote down too as like you know, because this this happened in the like immediate aftermath of them learning that you know Logan was going to sell, and they're feeling so defeated. And yeah, I was like, you know, there's the famous quote from The Wire: uh, "If you come at the king, you better not miss." Mm-hmm. And you know, he he took his shot. He, I in that moment, I do, I did finally think that, or I did see that, like. Yeah, he really believed he was going to help, um, but he, I think it's then that he's he sort of had this slow dawning realization over the course of this season that he was in over his head and he was he was going to lose, and all of that hitting him, and you know him saying, "I don't feel connected to my kids." Like, damn, like that's that's really rough because you're he's realizing he's in a certain position in his life where he thought he could push push enough to make everything go right but he's realizing that he can't really and he he does doesn't really know what to do and that's i mean that look this is some excellent top tier acting shiv coming over to sort of help him was touching again my my frustration was triggered by roman continually joking around but <laughs> i think roman actually actually had a pretty decent point where he's like Wait a minute! As you told this story, like you said, he, you said he grabbed the wheel, right? And he said you did try to help him, right? Three times you actually went in the water, like, dude. And I was like, yeah, that's oh, fair. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I I had forgotten that the kid grabbed the wheel, and I think that that is a key part of it. Right. You know, it, it doesn't. It wasn't just Ken swerving on his own. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like mm-hmm. a drunken swerve, but uh, that can. But I don't know. What did you What did you think of this overall? This this sequence. I thought it was it was really wonderful. Um, I mean, I liked. I, I mean, I couldn't tell. You can probably tell better than I can. But like, it was a long sequence, right? And it seemed like it was just one long take. And there was a lot of movement. They were moving around. Like people were coming to the mm-hmm. foreground and going to the background. Um, a lot of dialogue happening. Like Shiv, like for me, like I think Roman. Like I didn't like his like I don't like that jokey shit. His jokey shit is worn off kind of on me. Every now and then he'll still come one mm-hmm. come through with one. But you're right. Like in this circumstance, like that it actually worked on Ken, even though Ken was trying to resist. Um, and they didn't seem. Hmm. Yeah. I I do like how both of them like they were trying. It was almost like Roman and Shiv were. I didn't know what to do, right? At first, they were kind of like keeping him at arm's length, not getting close, not like, tr- like just doing like superficial stuff. Like Shiv was like sort of touching him, like, oh, it's okay. Um, but then you could see that 
like their their sense of empathy, I guess, that they're rarely used. <laughs> empathy came into play and like they felt bad for their brother and, and tried to help him. And that's, I think, when you saw the shift to them, like coming closer and even like crouching down. And I think Roman sat down on the ground next to him at one point, but even Shiv mm-hmm. like bent down and was closer. So it was like, okay, they didn't know what, they didn't know how to handle it at first because they don't like, they don't, I've never seen them comfort anyone. Like Shiv doesn't even comfort Tom after she mm-hmm. tells him, I don't love you. And like shits on him all day, <laughs> you know, like they didn't know what to do. That was a completely foreign situation for them. But yeah, they I mean, sort of, you like, know, figured I it out. I think for Shiv too, it's like she's frustrated because she's like, "Damn, we have." I think initially, yeah, there there was that shift in tone, and I because I, initially she was like, "Look, Ken, we got bigger fish to fry here. We got to figure this out." And she was in full on business mode, but then, yeah, she did realize that. I still think it was begrudging because you're right; she does have <laughs> issues with showing compassion. She's but she's like, well okay, I do feel something for my brother here. He's usually, he's older. He's usually the one who's kind of like on the ball. He's clearly having a very hard time. So it, it was this good combination of begrudging support, but with genuine compassion, but not really that much. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, look, Sarah Snook conveyed all that really extremely well, all while wearing a very tight dress, very tight form-fitting dress that... Uh, I'll be honest, was a little distracting <laughs> throughout the episode. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was good. I guess it was sort of heartening to see that they do have some compassion for each other ultimately. And them starting to team up and form their own little mini Avengers uh, was cute. I knew immediately, like as soon as I saw Ken start to get optimistic, that just given the way the show goes, <laughs> that it was definitely all going to go to shit. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, the only question is how it's going to go to shit. And they came up with some pretty interesting ways, story-wise, of uh, yeah, having it all blow up in their face. Oh, man. I didn't even write it down. Man, I thought I wrote something down um, when Ken got in. But yeah, Ken was... Ken was not interested at all. She's like, we got handless. He's like, can you please just leave me alone? I'm just trying to be here and ride it to the end so I can just go home. He's like, I don't, I don't want any part of this. Leave yeah. me out of it. He tried. He tried. But Yeah, uh. it's it's like uh yeah, because Shiv is like, Yeah, come on, we come on, bro. Like team this is what you want. Let's let's team up, let's get the gang back together, let's go, let's do one more go of it. And yeah, it's this. There has been like this this great push and pull with um, with Kendall, where he's you can see in his eyes he's just like so exasperated with this whole all this shit, and I don't blame him for that. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's almost to the point like with Shiv continuing to push to to get get this going is pretty in some way pretty selfish. Given Ken's mental state, uh, he was just in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You said you thought that it could have been a suicide attempt. So that's, you know, in the immediate aftermath of that is really not the time to be pushing someone uh, into a very stressful situation. Um, but uh, yeah, 
would so you know they they at eventually at that point realize that they do have a what they think is a bit of a trump card which i guess it was in that interestingly as part of the divorce settlement between logan and their mom they were given essentially veto power on any deal where the company changes hands pretty odd term to have in a divorce between a husband and wife to give the kids this, but, uh, okay. And look, there was, um, there was, there has been, you know, Chekhov's divorce discussion through, I think a couple episodes ago where the mom did mention, so that this was actually in the back of my mind immediately because I remember the mom discussing just a couple episodes ago, like we're talking about reopening the, the divorce settlement. So mm-hmm. as, soon, as soon as they were talking in the car, my thought with, with them talking about this game plan was that the driver was going to overhear and somehow he was going to get that info to Logan. So I was like, yo, can you wait and do to have this conversation later? But, you know, we later find they had nothing to worry about from him, but... Yeah, they did not. Good. Yeah, they, they did not. I, I was thinking something similar too. It was like, uh Oh, but yeah, they, I don't know. I, I think your, your, um, your prediction that basically when you saw Ken get happy, like, all right, this might work. Then you're like, no, it's definitely not working now. Like it was a hundred percent accurate. What? Cause you're right. Anytime he gets excited that something's going to, going to work out. It never does. It never does for Ken. <laughs> and like that's what Tom said from from their diner yeah. lunch. I mean, he's like, you. Yeah, it's uh, you, you know, it's every time they don't have a lot of cards to to play. I guess this is this was a big one. This was their trump card. This was their. This is all they had. This was their trump card, and you know, their dad beat them again. He's always he's always ahead of them. Always. Yeah. And I so, feel I feel bad for them. So bad, but. Yeah, yeah, because they were, you're right, they were finally like, okay, we're going to get it together, and then they did express some concern with, well, how are we actually going to work together if we pull this off? I mean, they were sounding real confident that they were going to pull it off, but then like, well, how are we actually going to run anything, because then we're just going to start arguing with each other once he's out, once he's not in charge anymore, but um, they seem to, um, I don't remember the exact, yeah. exact division, but they had divided it up, and they seemed like they were ready to be strong together. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, and we should we should highlight too, Kieran Culkin's acting too, like just his face acting about his hesitancy to to join them against against the dad. Like he was even in the car ride over, he was like feeling super stressed out. And then of course, you know, I guess we might as well get to the the final confrontation, like throughout that whole thing like he he was starting to fall apart there just just because mm-hmm. he had a he had to confront his dad who he's always been scared of and b you know he had he finally did stand up c you know he's realizing like damn my i don't think my dad loves me um and now he's yelling at me uh and damn everything just felt failed like Kieran, that's that's his Emmy submission, hundred percent. Yeah, I thought his uh, his body language acting was 
has been really good um, throughout this season. And in this episode, I started to notice it from the first um, visit the, when him and Logan went to see Matson. Man, you could, it was what a difference between the two boat rides when he was riding the boat by himself, then with his dad. And then even mm-hmm. when they're sitting together, like the three of them, like Logan and Matson are just like relaxed and he's all like scrunched up like eh. like when he when he gets around his dad in that situation he's he's useless his dad has complete power over him yeah it's, yeah and you, you can see it and it's, it's uh, yeah, disappointing it's... It's so sad i mean remember on that yeah. i don't remember what season it was but there was the vote and he voted with Ken, and his, Logan was like, "Put your hand down, boy. What are you doing?" And he was like, "Okay." <laughs> and then he put it down. Like I, I don't remember what's he, what what they were even voting on, but uh, like that he, was that's when he yeah tried no to be that was Ken. season <laughs> yeah that was season one. That's when that was Ken's initial uh, play to uh, to take over. I think it was like yeah like halfway through season one. But yeah, that was great. Roman's like. Boy, if you don't put that goddamn hand down, yeah, make me come over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's poor Roman, and so you know we find out it's we have the one scene with Tom and Greg where they're you know this is after Shiv has told Tom what the plan is, uh. And, you know, people were saying online, like, it was clear from her, from him saying, okay, well, if you do this, where, where's my role going to be? And her being like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. That, that was his turning point with this. Um, and there's an excellent Greg quote where he says, Tom says, do you want to deal with the devil? And Greg's like, mm, yeah, you know, what, what am I going to do with the soul anyway? Mm-mm-mm. Uh Mm, mm, mm. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Yeah, oh, I mean, this Greg. is like this is how it happened because we see Greg, who's been, you know, stumbling, bumbling, but still kind of the heart of the show, still kind of a good guy. I mean, we we saw him stand up in in the um, the scene a few episodes ago where they're trying to determine who the next president is going to be, and he's like, uh, "No, no, like." He stood up. I forget if it was him pushing back against Connor being it, but um, you know, yeah, this to see his uh, his complete, I guess you could say, heel turn. I guess you could say trip to the dark side. Um, him becoming, you know, just straight up fuck boy. Um, yeah, yeah. Damn, Craig. Uh We'll see, but yeah, it was kind of sad to see, but kind of exciting. I mean, they—they're a funny combination. I like their little tag team act. Um, yeah, yeah, and Greg has slowly, slowly come on to their team. So yeah, good, good for them. I liked it. I said, like, okay, Tom, Tom, Tom knew what he was getting into from the time that Tom, um, like sort of made that deal with Logan. He was like, if somebody got to go down, you know. I'll take it. He, you know, uh, he's like, I'll take the charges. I'll, I'll do what I can to take as much as I can. Right. And then, right. I think even Logan then said like, Oh, okay. I'll remember. He's like, well, what do you want? Right. And I don't think he answered that question. 
at least they didn't show it. Um, And then, you know, when things, when they got the news that they basically, you know, the Justice Department kind of had a toothless case because they didn't have any evidence, um, he was just like, Tom, I'll remember this. And so, like, he was, they had an awkward relationship, but this season they sort of solidified things between the two of them. And, you know, you saw it all come to a head right now in this last episode. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the Logan outburst, uh, him being like, you know, so let me, do you think, so before he shows them or he does the phone call with, um, with his ex-wife where she confirms that the, the deal terms were changed before that, he's like, um, you know, why don't you guys calm down? I'm still going to take, yes, I'm selling, but I am still going to take care of you, uh, in some way. Do you think he was being honest with that at that point? Because I mean, uh, obviously, we know now that he's going to be like, "Fuck all you know." Now you try to turn on me, fuck you. But do you think before that, before they tried to, this Trump card play, he would have actually tried to figure something out? I don't. I don't. F- I think yes, in his mind, he was going to figure something out and and take care of them the way that he you know, on his terms, right? But I don't I don't know if that's something that they would have agreed with, not the way that they would have seen, would have liked to be taken care of, right? He kept saying this, oh yeah, Matson. then, you know, it'll be up to him to judge everyone on their merit and their strengths, right? Like, that's, that's what, I, mm-hmm. I guess that's what he was trying to get through to them. Like, I don't know why this... <laughs> I don't know what happened to Logan where he decided that he needed to teach his kids a lesson at this point in their lives. Maybe he got tired of Ken coming for his <laughs> coming for his head for the past like three years. <laughs> He's like, okay, they, they need to learn. So yeah, I guess that was that was his like like he mentioned. He said, you know, this is a time for you to prove what you can do. Show it on your own, like. Logan built his shit. It's like, this is a time for you to build something. Um, and, you know, if, if you prove your worth, Matson will keep you. In reality, I like, I don't think Matson would keep any of them. He might keep Roman because he likes Roman's jokes, but who knows? Like, the guy is, the guy is obviously, like, uh, I, I don't know, almost, almost a sociopath. Like, he doesn't care about anybody's feelings. Like, yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't want you around, he's just going to say goodbye. So, I don't, whatever yeah. relationship Roman thinks he has, doesn't really mean anything. He's got to produce. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think, and I think they all realized it, especially Shiv who hasn't done anything in the company. And mm-hmm. I mean, Kendall knew he would be out because everyone thinks he just wants to be in charge. So <laughs> they didn't have a chance to really stay on. And Ken already lost his deal. I don't even know if that was a real offer, that $2 billion or not. Who knows? With, like, with Logan, you don't know what's real until it actually happens. He's just been saying a lot of stuff for the past three seasons. Um, but yeah, Ken can't. Then None of them could get out. So I, I guess this was, in his mind, he was saying, okay, now you are f- almost like you're free of this. You're free of this constraint to take on the burden of of Waystar Royco, right? You can go and be on your own. If you stay, you stay. But no one's telling you you have to stay. And you might not even, like, you'll have the opportunity to stay, but it's not a given. 
and you won't be in charge. That's for damn sure. But like, maybe you'll stay along and build something or maybe you'll leave and build something. He's like, but this is, I think in his mind, it was like giving them a sense of freedom, like no more beholden to him and to the company. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's always, I I think he's even said this, that he sort of resents the fact that they were handed everything when he had to work so, so hard. And so this is also like, he's like, you know what? Like, like I was saying earlier, you'll still have money. Start your own rate, Waystar Royco, which I think for Ken, certainly that seems like a no brainer. He Mm -hmm. still has good connections. He still is, you know, talented uh at business generally he could make something of of himself and you know once it's probably hard to it'll it would be hard to get over you know not being involved in the family business anymore but i think once you get into like starting like starting your own thing and i i think he could probably find some be re-energized you know he could take a more active role in his children's life yeah like yeah of course you don't feel connected to them dude like you're barely around you can i'm sure rava would be like if you clean up a little bit and show me you you can uh you know be more active and chill and not like be all in the news all the time like yeah you can spend more time we could you know arrange for you to spend more time with them you know like it's yeah it's like all these and maybe this is something like a a point that the creators of the show are trying to make it's like damn you you you're missing the forest for the trees like you could have what you want you're in such a rarefied position that you know you know someone in the in the hood like they could be just as smart and and like have a work ethic but there's so many things that are stacked against them whereas you literally could get what whatever you want out of life it's just you're just kind of being stubborn and you know maybe if there's you know that sort of mental block that can be hard to overcome as well. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I, so I guess in some ways, Logan, Logan has a point. Uh, now Tom coming around and snaking his slithering his way into Logan's lap in the way he did by snitching on, uh, on Shiv and the gang. I mean, that, that was pretty like, like him taking that, like, it took me a a little while to realize that it was him who snitched them out. But as soon as I did, I was like, oh, like that was my holy shit moment. Yeah. Um, And when you see Shiv kind of like her putting it together, but it's interesting that, you know, okay. So, and actually apparently Sarah Snook said this in an interview, you know, post post uh post finale airing that you know it's interesting that shiv knows that tom did this but tom doesn't necessarily know that shiv knows and the brothers doesn't don't know like it, right. a that it's tom or that she knows so is there some way she can use the fact that or the assumption that tom doesn't know that she knows is there some way she can use that to as some kind of leverage to do something? I, I don't know, maybe. But yeah, what did what did um, you think about that ultimate reveal and like the last? Yeah, the very I, last? I thought it was for some reason I thought that Tom was going to know, but I did. I, okay, I was I'm on the same page as you. I didn't. It took me a little bit. I was a little slow on the 
Tom, Tom snitching train. Mm-hmm. But um, once I saw it, and then you know that 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 crack in the door, and you see her grilling through because they had all said like, "All right, who got to him first? Like, there's no way he could be that many steps ahead, right? Like, somebody had to tell." Mm-hmm. And she's going through her head. Well, who knew it was the three of us in here? Who would tell dad? The driver was with us. These guys wouldn't tell. Like Rome might tell, but you know he didn't. Obviously, by the by the way he was acting inside there, even pleading out of love. Um, but yeah, and Tom doesn't know. Like I don't, I don't know what that does for them. Like this is going to be an interesting turn on their relationship. Obviously, like are they <laughs> are they actually going to get divorced <laughs> uh, next yeah, season? I'll say. Right? Because they just been like. I don't I I don't I I don't know how they can stay together as a couple after this. They yeah. cannot. Uh yeah, the the uh yeah, and that's what I'm saying like unless she feels like she has to maintain this like knowledge that she has which knowing her character, I think she would only do as a leverage point to somehow either just straight up burn Tom or to try to get back into the company. Um, I think she, yeah, she would have to pretend because I mean, yeah, once it comes out that she knows, I, I think Tom would be like, you know what? I don't want to deal with the stress of you knowing and dealing with this. So, um, yeah, maybe like, I think he might, would even consider initiating the divorce. Yeah. But I just like, it's just going to be something that sits and burns. Like, I don't, I don't see, I'm sure there's a way, right. I just don't see it. I don't see how she can use that knowledge to her advantage right now. Like maybe at some point, maybe it'll come to me, but I don't, I don't see what she gets out of it, what she can even do with it. Oh like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any him, specific, you know, like, yeah. I, yeah. Like I, it's, don't, it's, I don't know how that would work. It's a definite possibility but... because you're right. Like it's one-sided right now. He knows, she knows that he did it. He doesn't know that she knows, but then it's like, what, how is that even valuable to her right now? Like she's out of the company. They're both, you know, Tom's still in Logan's in Logan's on his way out. But like, what can she do? Nothing. I I don't know. Maybe there's something, but sit there and be mad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's going to sit there and be mad. No, no doubt about that. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Logan's leaving. Yeah. I don't know. Just, I guess, just burn, burn Tom, burn, burn his whole life to the ground as <laughs> payback. Oh, oh, oh. oh man, maybe, maybe. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely set up uh, season four to be uh, to be one for the ages. Uh, did Did you have any other other notes? Um, that my final note, up? like I, I think we went over pretty much everything I had to say, except like. I'm there's a couple of things I'm still curious about that I wish wish we knew more information on. I'm just going to list them real quick and then tell my final final note like I want to know more about Rose. I think that was Logan's sister, right? They like bring her up like cryptically and like how sad it is and how Logan blames himself for her death, but I just want to know more details about the Rose situation. Um hmm. I want to know about okay. Connor's mom. What the hell happened there? Because then Connor even said this yeah. in this episode. I didn't see Dad for three years. I'm like, what was going on with Connor and his mom? Um, I just yeah. I want more details on that. 
And then, like, the very last thing I think it is, is um, I think the mom might be the worst character on the whole show. <laughs> Caroline might be the worst. Uh... <laughs> I think her, yeah, her, the the, the way, given, uh, God, <laughs> the flippancy with which she was, she yeah. was just like, you know, like, yeah, sorry, kids, but uh, I had to do me. I'm nice. Later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need to go to, it's been a long day. I need to go to bed. <laughs> like, she's, she's, she's quite possibly the worst character on the show. She's nothing yeah, but it's, been she's has she been nice at all? Well the thing is like Logan at least seems like he like there are moments when it's pretty clear that he has a, some kind of affection for his kids. She seems like she just straight up hates them and wants yeah. to destroy them in, in the most brutal ways possible. Yeah. She she like she finally admitted it this season she didn't really want to be a mom. Like there's so many times when mm-hmm. it, like remember Ken tried to talk to her after he killed the kid and she was like, nah, I'm not really up for it. Do we have mm-hmm. to talk about something important now? <laughs> yeah, she's it. like, Yeah. He's like, Oh god, it's not gonna be something serious, is it? Because if it's if it's an opportunity for me to crack some jokes, sure. But if I have to actually be present and be like a good uh, caregiver, uh, ooh, let's do that in the morning. Uh, and by the way, uh, I have a uh, brunch with uh, my new fuckboy. So yeah, and then she just peace. Ran away I'm nice in the morning before he was awake. Like she's. Yeah. Yeah, she's the worst. She might be the worst character in the whole in the whole series, which is hard. Yeah, I think uh, I think you might be right about that. But uh, yeah, definitely curious uh, about uh, Connor's mom. But I wouldn't be surprised if we don't learn too much more. I, I believe season four will be the last one. I think they, yeah. they've already said that. Um, but. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, I assume we'll see more of Stellan Skarsgård next season. Um, probably won't see any, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see any more of Marsha. Um, Comfrey, I would like to see come back, but it seems like if Ken's not really doing this thing anymore, he doesn't need her. And Greg doesn't need her. <laughs> yeah, Greg, Greg has moved on. <laughs> uh, I Who else? That we haven't seen in a while. Um, I mean, Stewie. Stewie will be around, I'm sure. Especially with the merger, Stewie's going to be playing a bigger role. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stewie. Stewie's in uh, the new Spider-Man movie too. Oh, okay. He's uh, some sort of um, some sort Stewie. of law enforcement agent. Okay. All right, my man Stewie. Um, and Grandpa. I guess the other Logan's brother. Grandpa. We haven't yeah. seen. I haven't seen Gramps since the early in the season. Yeah, I guess you know, they're moving forward with that thing about him giving all the money to Greenpeace. So if that's yeah. the case, then he, yeah, his his storyline may have come to a close. May I have. mean, it, it would be good if they, you know, for since this is the last season, if they could keep like a super tight focus on just the family. Like this season did, did have a lot of or not a lot, but a, a good number of sort of ex- extraneous characters that, you know, we're, we're interacting. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of moving pieces. It would be kind of cool to see them just like, just do a whole season and it's just family shit because, you know, we, we've developed this affinity for them, but also 
they're all such amazing actors. Like it would be, you know, and there's a, anyway, there's but, a lot to settle up in this final season. Yeah, yeah, they gotta they gotta settle all family business. <laughs> I did like uh, how Ken went toe to toe with that security agent again, and <laughs> he always looks so scared. I forget yeah. his name. He just Co- closed that door Colin, and stared at all of them. Colin <laughs> looked like he was like two seconds away from taking off his jacket, rolling and rolling up his sleeves. <laughs> As Ken, as, after Ken tried to square up with him, Ken does not want those problems because he feels God. like it feels like he will just do something where he just like puts his hand on the top of your head and then like your legs just stop working. <laughs> <laughs> you fall into the fall into the the ground like a like ling, like linguine legs are linguine. <laughs> Man, what a good image. <laughs> All right, well, on that oh note, um, <laughs> yeah, stay, stay tuned. Roman's reaction to seeing that? <laughs> yeah, like Colin does that to, to Kendall, and like Roman just like leans over and it's like, you got knocked the fuck out, Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh this is podcast. We out. Eat something green. Right. <laughs> <laughs>